Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Today's chat on Well Played, which is part of the On Podcast Media Network, we have Stephanie Crawford with us, a returning guest, uh, one that uh, we love having on the show. So without further ado, Stephanie, can you introduce yourself? Then we'll then we'll tell them what we're talking about. First, they got to hear from you. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me again, Michael. So I'm Stephanie Crawford, Professional Development Coordinator for uh, Regional Office of Education number 53 in Central Illinois. So um, Does that all that- fit on a business card? It takes a while. You have to like really decrease that font, I feel like, <laughs> or do some abbreviation to PD coordinator. Um, but I help three counties worth of schools. So I have 30 districts or 89 schools that I'm, that I help. <laughs> it's just a few. That, that, that dead airtime was me just befuddled. <laughs> Uh, but before that, I was an instructional coach in a district for eight schools of about 300 teachers. And then before that, I was an ELA middle school teacher for 13 years. That's gr- I, I forgot that you were ELA. <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a single bit. All right, people. Uh, so today's episode one, it is season four, episode 44. That's a whole lot of four, Stephanie. I like that. I feel Do you lucky. prefer even numbers or odd numbers? I prefer even numbers. Oh, we're kind of like yin-yang here because I prefer odd numbers. So this but, is a lucky episode for me and unlucky for you. Yeah. Sorry that I'm your guest today. No, this is perfect. <laughs> you can carry the day. So today, everybody that's still with us, if you are still with us, because <laughs> I read an article that said uh, people have an attention span less than a goldfish now. Yeah like nine seconds or something like that i think it's eight Seven I think seconds. the goldfish the goldfish has the nine <laughs> seconds so i don't know if you're still with us but if you are here's a little challenge on twitter definitely post a picture of a goldfish meme that would be awesome oh that would and ta- be amazing and, and tag me and stephanie because we want to see goldfish memes because who doesn't second uh we're going to tell you what we're talking about and we are talking about today a little unstructured joy right these, these are these moments sort of uh i guess formerly known maybe as like brain breaks but where brain breaks were sort of uh like kind of on the rails like teacher led we're doing this a lot of times they do connect with sort of content or at the very least what you want to (laughs) do as opposed (laughs) to unstructured time uh so stephanie actually kind of approached me on this topic and i think it's a really good good point and the thing to highlight right yeah so i feel like even as teachers, we need that unstructured break where we haven't planned every minute of our prep period or plan period um, or before and after school and taking, you know, five minutes for ourselves to play a quick game or whatever, if it's filling out a crossword, whatever it is, like that unstructured time where we're just free to have kind of that unfiltered joy is the same thing our students need to, you know, we structure their day for them in so many ways, even when we give them voice and choice that allowing time for them to really play in a way that speaks to them is important i like that i mean that's a good point about how even in the spaces where they have an opportunity to sort of select something even those selections were were pretty manicured pretty like like on the rails (laughs) like right you know that's that's not a whole lot of choice when you're on like the train tracks and you can just pull that switch that's it like (laughs) left way or right way um 
I think that's true. Uh, I know when I was a fifth grade teacher, you know, and we wanted to like take a little break, we would do like heads up, seven up, like right at that classic game. But kind of like you're saying, there was no real choice in it. It was like, this is what we're doing because <laughs> Mr. Matera planned a lesson that was too short for today. <laughs> so as a reward, because you've been so good, <laughs> we're going to play heads up, seven up. Uh, so... I can laugh heartily at that because I found myself in the same situation and I look and say and think the same thing. There were students who were excited about it, but then there were others who would have much rather had a choice in a playing choice. something different. <laughs> Literally. I think there were students in my class that not only wouldn't mind a choice, they just would have even preferred any other decision. <laughs> so, uh, I like this, this idea of reminding us that unstructured, right? Cause as teachers, we're so trained to like program things and design things and scope and sequence things and spiral things. Like everything is a thing and it's a thing that's on some sort of trajectory or track. And I think probably one of the greatest challenges for any <laughs> teacher is that like letting go of any, of anything, any like structure or you know we we talk a lot on the show about giving kids more agency and and that is like one of the biggest challenges or i just did a training the other day uh for alaska i was doing a uh a session for one of their conferences up there and the the questions i got back from teachers they were like this is amazing this sounds like my kids would really enjoy it but then the nervous angst started happening, yep. right? Like at first they were like, this lesson sounds so awesome. I'm telling them like, it's working. It's in my classroom. Like I'm not, I'm not lying. Like I did <laughs> this. There's, pic <laughs> there's pictures of kids doing it and loving it. I teach sixth grade and like there were these teachers, all different ages of like kids they teach. And at first they were all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it started to be like, well, like you must give them the exact prompt to do on that. And I was like, no, 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 I don't. It's this very open-ended activity I do where the kids, it's super awesome. It's collaborative. There's a ton of work to do. And a lot of it is on them to sort of like wade through the content they have and put it in sort of organized fashions to sort of defeat these various challenges that are in front of them. Super fun. But like super unstructured. I mean, like the, there's one, one of the tasks is this kind of Venn diagram activity. And they were like, they were like, well, what if they ch like, you must choose the two things they're comparing and right. And I was like, no, no, no. Like they can choose from the unit, you know, like, and they're like, well, what if, what if they choose like a, a bad one? <laughs> like, what if it's just not good? And I said, well, then, then we get to talk about that. Like what, like. <laughs> Like there's like there's no miss here, like, and it, but it was just really hard for them to 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 let go, and so here we're talking about these these moments, these brain breaks that we used to have where we plan them out. So, uh, what's an example of a way or an idea you have? And I'm not gonna limit you just to sort of Corona answers here. Like, <laughs> you're gonna let me go as if we have kind of a full range available to us, right? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's pre pretend that a solution was found. <laughs> uh, oh, that'd be, that would be fantastic. Um, okay. So the first thing I think of is, especially if you're an elementary teacher, your first go-to for a brain break is something like go noodle, probably where you're getting up and it's already this video, the whole class is participating in and it's 
this structured activity. So you've already got, I, I think that's important to start with because if you already have built in time for a brain break, you're just restructuring it as unstructured time, unstructured play time. So you don't have to find more time in your day. I think that's the important thing to point out first because it's not suddenly like, well, now I have to find time for this too. So um, it might be something as simple as having a couple of five minute games available that groups of students can play together. So for instance, Rhino Hero, combination of Uno and Jenga, it is a super fun, quick game you can play in five minutes and you can play up to five students. And then that could have, you can have, you know, people that choose to do that together and they are getting up and moving still and they are interacting and they are giving their brain a break from that traditional, you know, the a traditional student role, but they can even play it with just one other person. So if only a couple people want to play, that's fine too. And there are other games like that, like breakdancing meeples. We're going to roll some meeples and see how they fall. It takes literally five minutes to play that game. So you don't have to have all of this time available. You just have to say you're allowing them to choose. You know, you could even have Play-Doh available and it could be a challenge where they pick a slip of paper out of um, a basket uh, and though that slip of paper has something written on it and they try to build it as fast as they can like if they need that inspiration or they just build for five minutes and see what they can make. You know, it's just allowing them the freedom to choose how they will spend that unstructured time and encouraging the play that comes with it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I really do. The The things that you're asking here of the student is to sort of, one, sort of self-select, like identify like what, what interests you right now in this moment. And might that be the board game? Might that be the Play-Doh? Might that be, you know, some other activity? I think that sort of metacognition to know that like what you need is important and at least i can't i don't want to pretend to speak for other grades but sixth graders a whole lot of their lives are like programmed like they got to do this 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 and so unstructured time to them is very desirable but at the same time like they don't know what to do with it's it. It's scary. It's yeah. scary. And I think part of it's because we've done a horrible job of giving them that time. Right. So like, yes. here's where bad choices get made, you know? <laughs> like, so I think that it's actually more important with secondary to take these unstructured breaks than it is with elementary because elementary are already finding times for play a lot of times. Now I think it's important across the board, but secondary it's, essential for what you're talking about. So I'm going to give an example. I went to my new office when I got this role as a professional development coordinator. I'm with all adults, right? So I go into 89 different schools, but my office is in a, a different location. So the office that I'm in is small. There are a total of seven adults in it. And um, they, the first time I said, okay, let's take a game break. We have five minutes. Let's just clear our heads. It's been a long week. I got the look of like, wait, what are we doing? We're in an office here. We're, I'm not really a game player. And I'm like, no, 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 five minutes. That's all you need, five minutes. We played a different, ga a different game every day of the week. And the laughter, like the stress yes. that you saw, like the shoulders relax, the relationships we were building with each other as we learned like how each person played the game or reacted to a game, adults, almost 
feel like they don't have permission to use that unstructured time. You know, we we think it's okay to go to our phone sometimes and take a break and scroll for five minutes, 10 minutes. That time would be so much better used if we found some creative outlet for that. You know, like I said, playing a game or doing a sketch note or building with Play-Doh, whatever it is, but adults can use that too. And don't realize until they take the break how needed it really was. Here, here on that, I think I'll, <clears throat> I've done a lot of research on sort of play and gamification, obviously, over the years. And, you know, all the research points that how rejuvenating play can be and how the, the research shows that fully detached beats semi-detached. So that semi-detached is like you're saying where, well, I'll sit at the table and like I'll play the game with you, but I'll also have my phone up on the side. <laughs> like, well, I check this. I mean, oh, it's my turn. Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> you're not getting the same gain. So when we talk about play being so powerful, when we talk about this brain break being great for you, when we talk about these spaces and places that bring people together, that's only true if you're present. So like fully detached crushes, semi-detached. So make sure for our students, we we help them with that. We, we help safeguard them. So I would argue, I'm, I'm going to, go out on a limb here and say don't let the brain break just be another digital activity yes even, <laughs> sorry e- i'm so i'm so glad you said that yes <laughs> e- even in a post-corona world where we're not always on our devices the the, the research i'm citing here was pre-corona so i mean like <laughs> this isn't just because all our kids are already on devices I, I need us to think beyond corona like that will eventually die down and we're going to go back to sort of more normal life in that respect. But it's still so important to connect. And like the story you just told us, the moral there was that we're social creatures by design. We're tribal. And like we've gotten to this place where digital mediums were great to make us more social for a while. And we like fell into that and loved that and kind of became addicted to that. But then what we've lost is the fact that like, there's a physiology about being with somebody about that laughter, about that connection, about being in the room together. And so don't go to the digital device, go, go to the person that's right there across from you, have that shared moment. And I guarantee you, like, here you are, this, your story, if I, if I remember correct, you said when you first started your job, like the, this is not last week she's talking about. So these, these create <laughs> right. these create memories, right? Like it is a memorable moment with people when right. you sort of play that game, have that laughter. Well, and it spreads. So like for 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 my office, it spread into their personal lives as well because they found games that they had never thought they might play with their family. And so suddenly it was more ways to connect at home with their families in, in different ways than they had been before. And I think our students can benefit from that too, because like you mentioned, especially in secondary, they are so structured and so planned. If we show them how they can actually have this unstructured time, then they take that home with them too. And they understand better how they can incorporate that and maybe bring family into that uh, you know, unstructured time at home as well. It's so needed. I mean, I just am like, please, somehow, <laughs> everyone in the world, tune in to this to this part. Partially because it's so important to hear this, and also that means we're going to get millions of memes of goldfish. <laughs> I want the goldfish memes. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be awesome. Uh, so 
yeah, like this is important. Uh, I also love, we all know those that are regulars on Well Played that Stephanie and I both love games. <laughs> so clearly our solution is play more games, but it's so true. I don't mean to be like pushing, no strike that I am exactly directly pushing on you, my hobby and passion of playing games. But as Stephanie said, we I think for us gamers that, take the time to try to bring other people into the hobby so i'm not just in the basement by myself playing games it is it is about bringing other people it is a little bit about sharing that sort of good news and good word and just like stephanie i have had plenty of people we i got new neighbors moved in uh about two three years ago and i had them over for dinner and then we played uh tiny towns with them Love that game and they they aren't really gamers they play some video games but that's it and like Two days later, they sent me a picture at their house, like they had bought the game, they're playing it, you know, and <laughs> it's just, people are like, these are fun, these are different, and it's, but again, it comes down to that, like, moment of play, that moment of unstructured time. I did not know we were going to play that game when they came over. This was like, what do you guys want to do? Want to try this? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure, let's try it, and it went really well. Now, if we turn our attention to the classroom... Mm-hmm. We do have these moments, and if and I'm going to also say, and I want to I want to hear your thoughts on it. If we don't have those moments, or if, I should say, if we feel as though we don't have those moments, do you think we should create that space? Absolutely. I, I don't even think that's something that you waste time considering. You just do it because it makes such an impact on your students. So, I remember the first year I gamified my classroom, and the the first two weeks it was the students really thinking what what is this where we're playing where we're we play these mini games we have these teams we are allowed this competition this fun i can play my game in my own style and it's we're still learning and i think that's what the unstructured time does too you don't have to do it you can you can have that unstructured time in a gamified classroom and allow that play but you can do it in any classroom and so finding five minutes that you might take as the, maybe it's the, the last five minutes of class when you um, are normally doing something else during that time. That's like a, you work silently at your desk or something. Start finding ways to put it into that existing schedule that the students can benefit from and then maybe really move it to the middle of a class period if you can so that it truly is a break. But if you're scared about doing that, and, and maybe scared isn't the right word, but we get a little anxious about making those changes because we're not sure how it will really impact us, what we're covering on our students. So start by putting it in a safe place, like in the end of class. And then as you see the impact that it's having, see how you can move it. And really all you're doing is taking that five minutes from the end and shifting it to the middle. So it's the same time that you already have available. You're just putting it at a different spot during your class period. I like that. Another style I'm going to suggest, I fully agree with Stephanie, though that is a sweet way to do it. Uh, another, another way, I think, when I, when I teach middle school, they, it's weird, like, they're like little authenticity, like, detectors. <laughs> so, you know, if you try to do something because you should do it, they don't want anything of it. Like, like good example advising you know you run some sort of advising activity <laughs> about like setting goals or something they could care less but then like 
if you embed almost that same lesson into your like regular class, like if I happen to share those ideas in my social studies class and they feel like I'm authentically telling them, it's just coming off of me, like then they're all in. Then they're like, this is amazing. This is great. And it's like, <laughs> what? So when we're talking about these like bits of play, sometimes how I do it is with my advisees is try to like peel a few off and just say like, hey, you know, like you don't have any like homework today and I see you're just going to sit there. Would you want to like play a game? And like, maybe I'll like grab one. And like, then they're all, the, then all of a sudden somebody I didn't ask is like, hey, can I play two? And I was like, oh yeah. And so you're almost modeling a little bit with them. And at first that's me there. So that's not unstructured and I, and I get the irony. Don't, don't, you don't have, you don't have to slap me in the face with it. You guys can't see her face. There was clearly <laughs> slapping going on. Uh, but my point is you, you get that ball rolling and like you said about your gamified class, there, there are certain like expectations and certain things that happen in that class, just like anybody. And when you sort of set that parameter that it's okay to play some of these games, all of a sudden I've trained up a few kids on a different games and all of a sudden they just start saying, Hey, Mr. Matera, like I don't have any homework tonight and neither does Stephanie. Like, do you mind if we grab the game? No, yep. sure, go ahead. But like it started with this, like what felt like a, just an authentic like moment not a structured like we i'm going to teach this to you so that you can play games <laughs> later i agree with you i think that's the same kind of thing that you discover if I, I know when i ran the board game club for eighth graders that was the you started off like playing with them and being a part of that and teaching them but then you gradually kind of let them be more autonomous in it and and really have that control over that situation what they played and if they if someone new came in they would teach the game to them and it was kind of like you did have to do a bit of that structured time to get to the unstructured time <laughs> i guess that is a little ironic but i like what you're saying there too because i think it also models for them especially as they get older that adults find genuine a happiness or value in that unstructured playtime as well. That it's not just something, it goes back to that authenticity that you talked about. It's not something that you're just trying to push off on them. It's <laughs> something that you actually believe in, which is huge. <laughs> but that's just it, right? It is a real playful moment. And when we talk here on my YouTube channel and on this podcast about like finding joy in the journey, I mean, there's nothing better than an authentic, shared moment of joy. And and these unstructured times can do that. And I, I, I really do hope that teachers consider building more of that in. And like, like I challenged you with the question, like, do we create that time? Because I know so many teachers are kind of like, well, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And I don't know if this is too harsh, but... <laughs> I'm a, I'm going to say it anyways. Do it. Do it. Famous last words. Last episode <laughs> of Well Played right here. It's my lucky even numbers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sometimes when I hear teachers say they can't do something or that they don't have time to do something. And it is something that I think, statistically speaking, shows clear impact on the whole child, I kind of feel like you're, you're saying you don't have time to like care for that child that like 
if we really back off those statements of I don't have time, like, oh, I'm an AP teacher, I don't have time, I don't have time, I got that AP test. That is a reality that you do have that AP test. But let us not forget that we are in relationship with these students. Yeah. And like, you are not in a relationship with the AP test. <laughs> just made me think of like a status update in a relationship with your AP test. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, yeah. and I know, and, and I know we don't mean it that way, but if you stop for a moment, that's kind of what you're saying when you say, oh, I, you know, Hey, like, I can't tell you how many times I present somewhere on gamification and they're like, that sounds great. My kids would love it. I don't have time to do it. And you're like, Oh, that's, that is an interesting like sequence that your brain took you down there. Like, yeah. I think it's interesting too because there is so much talk about teachers um, really taking care to ex to exercise self care and to find time throughout the day to take a breath to make sure that they relax to make sure that they don't get too focused on all of the stress inducing anxiety inducing factors in their life, but we hold our students to this timetable that we've created and we're, we're unwilling to bend in that. And I think it comes down to realizing that our students, because other people structure their entire day for them, their evenings, their, their mornings, their afternoons, they're all structured by someone else making those decisions that to give they, them, they, they literally have to ask to go to the bathroom. Yes. Yes. So, you know, it's like the five, you, you can't find five or 10 minutes within that, depending on how long you have them. But, you know, I would have my kids for 45 minutes, um, which was a short class period, but 45 minutes, you can find five minutes of that to give them unstructured time. It's just, you have to prioritize and be willing to look at it. Like you said, that, that you are prioritizing your students too. And there, and again, in my, in my opinion, it's like that self-care that you are prioritizing them having a moment to breathe and and have that unstructured time. Yeah, I think the kind of final words here on this like episode kind of echoing what you're saying. We know that the greatest determining factor on a student's success in a, in, in school is their relationships with their teachers. And I think we need to take greater time to take care of our students. And part of that means be playful with our students. So yeah, that's a good reminder that you gave us there, Stephanie. All right. You know what time it is, Stephanie. <laughs> it's time for you to get the, get the, get the quote of the day here. I'm so excited. I can, I she can hardly is. wait. <laughs> We're dropping one from the big E. You know who the big E is? I mean, you're an ELLA teacher, of course you know. You know Ralph. Good old Ralph. Yeah. Old Ralph. Ralph Waldo. You, you, you did know. <laughs> now, if anybody can find a meme that involves a goldfish and the big E, I think that's extra points. I feel like, yeah, bonus points if you make one. And superimpose Michael's head somewhere on a goldfish. Dang! <laughs> All right. Here's the quote. Okay. It is a happy talent to know how to play. Said the biggie. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming, like always, you're going to make me go first. I'll go first if you want. 
I don't know how I feel about that. You know what? No, I'm going to go first. So that you can say you always. So I can say first. I always have to go first. That's right. Let's okay. Keep this up. <laughs> let's let's keep it. Let's keep it. Okay. Everybody, before Stephanie gives her answer, it's there's going to be some radio silence here because I'm going to drop her microphone. <laughs> oh, you're so lovely. <laughs> okay. Um, our quote. I think from the biggie. I think it actually relates back to um, kind of that story that I told about my office. I think um, when you know how to play and really just give it all over to that moment and have that playfulness, um, then you allow yourself to be happy. Then you can share that joy with others. Then you can truly be present in the moment um, in a way that you can't when you're constantly worried about like what you have to do next and what that checkbox is that you have to get to. I like it. Going second. <laughs> it's tough because I don't want to just repeat the fine answer of the person uh -huh. I got to go first. Uh-huh. <laughs> who got to trek in the fresh snow. <laughs> All right, people. I'm going to take the spin that... Uh, I'm just going to own it. Like, I have this happy talent. Like, I know how to play. And I love it that as an adult, I still can be playful with my students. I can still be playful with my friends. And that I still I still know how to, to, to kind of have that joy over and above conversation. And I guess that's the, what I want to stress. Like, I think conversation is great. I love a good dinner party and talking for three hours at the dinner table. I love all that. But that is very adulty, right? Like, And like a kid would not define that as play. <laughs> and I don't know. Guys, like life's not over. Challenge yourself. Like, Try to actually play something, whether it's a game, whether it's a video game, card game, board game, or like a sport or whatever. But try to shake it up a little bit and I'm and I'm going to throw in a little extra assignment on top of all the memes that I've asked you to do today uh, try to make it something you try to make something that's like new to you so if you play sports and you're already like loving sports try try a different sport for like a little bit if it's a board game try a different board game you know like try try something different if you like to draw try painting right yeah I like that. I also am going to throw in, if, if you've listened to an episode with me before or the one where my husband was on, um, you'll know that we own a board game store. And I just want to remind you that if you think that you're not a game player or that you only like certain games, like maybe your favorite game of all time is Monopoly or Sorry, I would highly encourage you to visit a local game store and get those recommendations and ask, you know, you can message them, email them. They're most of the time so happy to help you because they have a real love of games. And that goes to Michael's point of trying something new. So you may not know where to start and that can be scary. Um, so don't start at Amazon. Start with your local game store and ask, here's what I kind of like. What would you suggest? Here's the time I want to spend on it. Maybe you have no desire to spend two hours playing a game that's me by the way but not michael <laughs> um but and you, if might you don't if you don't have a local friendly game store stephanie where could they go to get to your <laughs> local friendly game store 
You can always contact us. We're on Facebook at Cabbages and Kings Games, um, and you can message us there, or we have a website at cabbagesandkings.games, and you can message us um, through that website too. But always happy to give you recommendations and talk to you, you know, based on your interests and time levels or time constraints that you have and age ranges in your house. But try something new. Don't be afraid. Now who's stealing whose answer? <laughs> I couldn't help it. Interesting. All right. Well, everyone, thank you, thank you so much for joining us today. And a big thanks to Stephanie for coming back on Well Played. Uh, it's always a joy having you here. It is a highlight of my day. All right, everyone. Once again, I'm Michael Matera, and Well Played Podcast is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Definitely check out their website and check out all the wonderful podcasts that are there. Uh you know, as always, I hope you guys have a good week and that you can play on, keep enjoying life. You know, you know, you know what it is. And I look forward to the memes. That's all I got to say. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>